Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast in your life today. It is a Tuesday morning and we are back. I actually wanted to do the podcast last night, but of course my girlfriend decided to bring her family over for a nice post-July 4th weekend dinner whatever you want to call it nowadays, but I'm really glad that everyone, or at least I hope I'm glad everyone had a fantastic 4th of July weekend, even though it was raining a lot here, it was raining to the point where it's like, fucking hell, it's too depressing to be outside, it's too depressing to do anything, because at my job every year, we always have these fireworks going off around, I'd say either one or two days before July 4th, and we couldn't do that because it was raining cats and dogs, but... Nevertheless, I hope everyone was safe. I hope everyone had a fantastic 4th of July. I know a few of my friends from Pennsylvania did, and that's all there is to it. That is all there is to it. So today on the podcast, I I did say last time that I wanted to do a quick review on Batman The Long Halloween, the animated movie that actually came out on Amazon Prime, and I think it's on YouTube if I'm not mistaken, a couple of weeks ago. And I don't know why I put this off because I read half of the story in the actual comics, so I have no idea what goes on in the ending. I get it. I get it. Huge Batman fan. Did not read the entire comic. But hey, guess what? Other things just kept popping right in. And I saw the movie, and now I'm looking forward to the second one. I believe it's coming out July 27th, if I'm not not mistaken. So we're going to review that. Uh, we're going to go into sl- uh, slight spoilers, so if you have not seen the movie yet, by all means, you know, get away from this review, go and watch it, and then you come back, and then you listen to it, and then I can give my final thoughts, and then we're just going to talk about some other stuff that's been going on in the world of comic book news, in the world of comic book stuff in general, primarily when the paparazzi is getting so high up in arms on whatchamacallit, Zendaya and Tom Holland possibly dating, and of course, a particular picture that both Kevin Feige and Hugh Jackman has actually posted. Huh. Interesting. What does that mean? What are we alluding to? Or can it just be a, what do you call it? Boo hockey. Not boo cocky, boo hockey. I don't know what the young kids say nowadays. All that plus our superhero quote of the day. But first, like we always do about this time, let's get the shoutouts out of the way, shall we? And I gave this shoutout last weekend of the episode. And I want to give a shoutout once again. UFC 264, the return of the notorious Conor McGregor, faces off against Dustin Diamond Poirier. The trilogy is set. If you want to go and see an epic fight between two behemoths at the lightweight division of the UFC, 155 pounds. And this is bragging rights. There's no title on the line, but who needs a title when you're facing off against Red Penny Knight, Conor McGregor, making millions and millions of dollars. 
fucking hell. UFC 264. You got the epic banger. You got tons of fights going on. You got fucking Steven Wonderboy Thompson as the co-main event against Gilbert Burns. And of course, you got the return of Greg Hardy. Now, whatever you want to say about Greg Hardy, it doesn't matter because he is fighting this weekend. I'm getting hyped for this shit. UFC 264. The trilogy is set. 10 p.m. Eastern Time. Only ESPN Plus on pay-per-view. Someone's gonna get broken. Oof. Oh my goodness. Every time when I give these, you know, epic promos, or I wouldn't say epic, because let's face it, there are way more people that do better promos than me. Enough along, because as a voice actor, I'm actually getting better, and soon everyone will know Voice of Garcia is coming for them. Mark my words. Mark my words, gentlemen. It's one of those moments where it's like, God damn, I'm really putting in all and forth for this epic thing. And if it turns out it's just a sleeper, if it turns out that it's not a barn burn, if it turns out that I'm just hyping this shit up for no reason, ooh, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, what are we even doing here? What are we doing? Also, another shout out that just entered my head. This Friday, if you have not gotten your tickets for Black Widow yet in theaters, go get your tickets now. Apparently, there's been some reviews, some reviews on the movie being mediocre. And I did talk about my concerns before on Black Widow possibly being a stepping stone because we kind of know the fate of what happens with Black Widow as it is. So if this mid-qual type movie is just setting up for other future projects not really painting the narrative here on this movie actually being one of the let's say top five or top 10 considering there are over 20 movies plus the shows I don't know if it's going to reach the top 10 regardless regardless it's the MCU coming back on the big screen instead of the traditional shows that we've been watching as of late Nevertheless, I'm going to enjoy it, or at least try to enjoy it. I'm bringing my significant other, my lovely panda flower raccoon. I'm going to call it a raccoon. This Friday night, or this Saturday night, if you want, Black Widow. I'm going to do a... I don't know if I want to do a massive spoiler review or a spoiler-free review coming Monday, but we'll see when we get to it. As I said, this Friday night, Black Widow. Saturday night, UFC 264. Go and have yourself a great weekend. Mother truckers, you are welcome. That's all we have for the shoutouts. Let's dive into some Batman The Long Halloween Part 1. And that starts right in a bit. It's actually been a very long time since I saw, I wouldn't say a long time, but quite a while since I saw a very good animated Batman film. I mean, if you look at what the animated series that's been going on, well, the animated movie series that's been going on with, you know, Justice League War and the Apocalypse War and all those other movies combined into one. They were good, but they didn't really capture the essence of what maybe where the dark superhero genre is supposed to go into right now. 
And I get it. I get it. Maybe there is a factor where nothing doesn't need to be dark or it can just be it can just be in it of its own thing because the Justice League is about inspiring people. It's about providing hope. It's about, you know, doing the right thing with your comrades and you pretty much know the thing nowadays. But when it comes to Batman in its own entirety, the essence and the setting of Gotham City, this noir type of a style, this detective type of a style where everything is dark and everything is gritty and you know shit is about to hit the fan or the stakes cannot be as high or they are very high to be exact. It's one of those moments where, goddamn, it's been quite a while since we've seen something very, very good in that entirety. And Batman The Last Halloween, I keep on saying The Last Halloween, Batman The Long Halloween basically fits into that category. Ever since I saw this movie, and this was like literally a couple of days ago, I was blown away with how different it was. Like, mm, I don't know if different is the word, because since I saw the movie, the animation style, it closely resembled to the animation style from Batman the Animated Series back then in the 90s and early 2000s with its own modern spin to it. And that's what really fascinated me about the entire animation as a whole. Now, slight spoilers, but I'm going to try to do my best to not spoil anything if you haven't seen or read the comic or seen the movie in general. Basically, Batman is trying to take down the killer known as Holiday. And every holiday, every month, he kills people in terms of closely relations to the notorious mob mo- uh, mobster, Carmine Falcone. Now, as you know, Falcone, one of the biggest mobsters ever in the history of DC Comics. And this person, this holiday killer, definitely has a grudge against Falcone. And is taking out his men or closely resemble his family members one by one. And Batman, of course, is trying to do whatever he can to follow the clues and try to stop this killer before more people end up dying. You pretty much know the rest. Now, what was fascinating to me about this particular movie was how interesting it was since this the setting of this movie actually takes place around the time Batman is getting into the role of being Batman. And what do I mean by that? Well, there was a scene in this movie, and like I said, slight spoilers, I'm not going to mention anything too, you know, gearing. In the beginning of this movie, around the middle of this movie, Bruce Wayne comes to Alfred and said, I thought I was trying to stop criminals, and I thought I was trying to, you know, just take away as much criminals as I possibly can. I didn't, I didn't realize that I had to be a detective as well. And I'm paraphrasing here. I know I'm stumbling upon my words. He said, I didn't know that being a detective was going to be this hard. So right away, you can instantly tell because what do we know of Batman? Greatest detective in the entire DC Comics. Pretty much an IQ that rivals that of a god. You know, things like that. And what's fascinating here is we're actually seeing that Batman is slowly trying to transition in terms of, yeah, you have to be more than just a guy wearing a bat suit and taking down criminals. Now you need to do actual detective work. You need to follow these clues. You need to find out who exactly it is that's doing this thing. And in comparison in the rivals to, let's say, the movie Batman Begins or other films that came before it, 
Batman already had the detective skills, and it was normal for us to see that because that associates with Batman in terms of his character, in terms of who he is, in terms of what he does on a daily basis, besides being the billionaire, uh, billionaire playboy philanthropist. But in this case, he's slowly transitioning to it, which means that this is an early version of Batman. Not Batman Year One, but I'd say a little bit later than that. And of course, there are many clues as follows. There's no... Harvey Two-Face, we don't see many of the other villains-ish, sort of, and I think in the second movie, which I believe is coming out July 27th, I'm sure I said that earlier, we actually see that there's going to be more transitions and more of an opening in terms of more famous villains actually coming into the surface, and I think that's pretty cool. Now, considering that I'm a voice actor, I have to pay attention to the voice acting in general. Jensen Jackals, I believe he's the guy from Supernatural, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't watch uh, I don't watch Supernatural. I what was it, nine, ten seasons? I know this there are diehard fans that are probably listening to this love Supernatural. And I believe Jensen Jackals is that guy. If he's not, I apologize if I got it wrong. You know, because when you hear Batman in any animated film or show or game, or whatever, you instantly think, oh, Kevin Conroy. I miss Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy is Batman. He is my number one Batman. I understand other people have different opinions, but he is my number one Batman. But when you don't have Kevin Conroy, and you want to get an early version of Batman in his younger type of a voice, I think Jensen Jackals definitely pulled it off. I'm not saying he's perfect, but I think he definitely pulled it off to to the best of his ability. Troy Baker, on the other hand, as Joker, killed it as this Joker. He killed it because Troy Baker is the type of guy where if you can't get Mark Hamill, you know, Luke Skywalker and all these other famous roles. If you can't get Mark Hamill, Troy Baker is definitely the next one to fill in the role. And he did really, really well as Joker. So the voice acting is phenomenal. It really is. And everyone did a great job. And like I said, it's a type of noir animation where everything is sleeker. Everything is more precise. Because it's so easy now to do your visual effects and your special effects through the computer or through your iPad or through your, you know, creating whatever the case may be, like whatever programs you use to create animation. So back then, everything was more fluid. And maybe that is we're transitioning into the downside. I know I'm talking a lot, but I this is where we transition to the downside of this animation in general. Back then in the 90s, and early 2000s, and even way before then, probably way before my time, the animation back then was a lot more fluid because everything had to be hand-drawn. Everything was upon page upon page, panel upon panel, and everything was hand-drawn. So there was a lot more of a fluidity in terms of the animation. This animation, however, even though I love the dark colors, I love the noir style, I love that it has a modern taste to how the animation was back then, everyone moved kind of robotic and it just looked a little unnatural in terms of how characters would move and how they speak but they don't really budge you don't really see that in a lot of animation styles there has to be more fluidity because there has to make the characters a little bit more of a believable but then again people that watch this show or watch this movie in general doesn't really pay attention to that so that's my little bit of a nitpicky thing Overall, I really like the style. I really like the movie in general. Is it a top 10 film for me? 
Not really, because like I said, this is like a early version of Batman, and I do I do like dark stories, but I'm now interested in terms of who the Holiday Killer is, and I believe it's going to turn into one of the most famous Batman villains that we have currently right now. If you have not read the comic, I highly suggest you read it, even though I want to read it now, but I don't want to spoil myself for the second movie coming out July 27th, so I have to wait. I have to wait. And I, and I understand some people say, well, why don't you read the comics? You know, the comics have a, a accurate depiction. I get that, but sometimes I'd rather watch it and then be surprised, and then I read it after. Sometimes I do vice versa, but most of the case, I like to watch a film and just enjoy it. Because this movie is around 90 minutes long, and you can tell that maybe they drawn out a few scenes... There, there were a few scenes in the movie that was definitely dragged on a little bit too much. For example, there is a chase scene where Batman is chasing after Catwoman just for her to lead him to a particular space, a particular area. That scene could have been cut down to like maybe a few minutes. It, it was dragged on a little bit too much. And I get it. You have to stretch out the film to make it around 90 minutes especially for a film that's on Amazon Prime, I completely understand. But at the same time, it's like there were a few scenes that should have been cut a little bit short. But like I said, that's just a nitpicky thing. Aside from that, aside from any other nitpicky things that I have, I really don't have many because I enjoyed it. You know, is it my favorite animated film? No, but I still enjoyed it. And sometimes when you enjoy a movie, when you enjoy a film or even an animated film, you don't really like to pay attention to the nits and grittiness, even though I do nitpick every now and then. You can just enjoy it. I also realized, and before we move on, because I'm going to put this to a close, I also realized that maybe there's a specific reason why they decided to separate this into two parts, even though... This is clearly like a three-hour feature film, but the comic should be a little bit shorter than that. Is the fact that if you release a huge three-hour movie, animated movie, a lot of people are gonna are gonna pay like twenty, twenty-five, or even thirty bucks. You participate that or separate that into two films. Otherwise, twenty bucks a piece, forty dollars, make more a little bit of a profit, making more money. It's business. That's what they do. We get it, but. Maybe this should have been just one gigantic two and a half hour movie. And I think you could have been doing more justice if this would have been two parts altogether, two and a half hours. I That's just my cup of tea. That's just my cup of tea. Overall, Batman The Long Halloween, it is on Amazon Prime. I don't know where else you can get it, but you just pay 20 bucks. Enjoy it. The second part will be coming out July 27th. As I said, it's going to have a few other characters, maybe a couple of your favorites if you like. And that's all there is to it. That's all there is to it. No spoke a lot about Batman that time, but as I said earlier, we have a little bit of a gossiping going on where Tom Holland and Zendaya are possibly dating, most likely dating. Apparently, this hit news everywhere, including on the New York Post. And I'm just thinking to myself, okay, sure, who cares? Like, <laughs> I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here, but who who cares? Okay, they're, if, if they are dating, first of all, let's take this at face value. If they are dating, kudos, good for them. Like, they're, they're young. 
let them do whatever they want. You know, they're happy. If they're just doing it for the paparazzi, if they're just doing it for the news, and they're just great coworkers and they're great friends, and they want to, you know, spend time with each other as great friends, you know, that's fine too. Like, I don't understand why we have to put so much emphasis on particular things, especially when it comes to this, when it comes to other celebrities' dating life, where it's like, ooh, the Spider-Man star for the MCU is now dating someone new. Haha. Let's uh, take a picture, uh, uh, a Snapchat or Snapshot or whatever the kids now say nowadays. I keep on saying that. Ain't that something? I just don't care. You know, I know I'm talking about it because it's reaching headline news, which means I have to talk about it. It is what it is. Okay. Tom Holland, you're happy? Cool. Zendaya, MJ, you're happy? Cool. Let's move on. Shit. Anyway, here's another major news. I don't even know if it's major news, but considering that it's been getting a lot of buzz, Kevin Feige and Hugh Jackman posted a picture together of those two together, and Boss Logic, one of the greatest works on Instagram and Twitter that I've ever seen. If you have not checked out Boss Logic, you should go check him out and check his artwork. It is phenomenal in terms of what he does. And now people are speculating that maybe this is Hugh Jackman's way of getting into the MCU. And I have to say, hold the phone. Hold the phone on that. While it's fun to speculate that that Hugh Jackman could be making his way into the MCU again... I, along with many, many people, would say that's probably not the best idea. And I'm one of those people, and don't get me wrong, I would I like to see anyone else play Wolverine? No. Hugh Jackman will always be my Wolverine. He's your Wolverine. He's everyone's Wolverine. And whoever is the second person, I believe there's been a lot of talks that it was going to be Daniel Radcliffe possibly being the role. But I think that there were just other people that saw him with his scruffled face and think that he can get the job done. Other people thought it was going to be Tom Holland. Not, I'm sorry, not Tom Holland. Tom Hardy. Other people thought it was going to be Tom Hardy. And... Whoever's going to be the next Wolverine has some huge, huge shoes to fill. If Hugh Jackman, for any reason, does come back as Wolverine in the MCU, it's kind of a slap back in the face for the ending of Logan. I feel like Logan ended on such a high note that anything that Hugh Jackman does with the Wolverine after is kind of a downgrade. And it's not going to be taken as seriously. Because you need to understand, when it comes to storytelling, a lot of people in general don't remember how a story begins, but they're mostly impacted on how a story ends. Whether it ends on a high note or a terrible note. Case in point, the good movies on what happened with Avengers Endgame. Or Logan. Or any other phenomenal film that can happen you know, the, the story is over, it's, it's gone, it's done, that's it, we're, we're through, we're cut. And then they can end on a terrible note, i.e. Game of Thrones Season 8, or I believe Lost was another one, although I don't really pay attention to those type of things. It could be one of those things where it's like, okay, are you going to end on an incline or are you going to end on a decline? And most cases, 
it's a double-edged sword because if it ends on an incline and you make a tremendous amount of profit in terms of global, I was going to say global pay-per-view buys, global box offices and make as much money as humanly possible, it's awesome and it provokes you, I want to say provoke, but it makes you make another project because you want to cash in on the money. I understand that it's all about the money. But as a guy that loves epic and great storytelling, and maybe it's not just me, but if you're listening to this as well, as a person that loves storytelling, I'd rather they don't mess with that. It's the same argument that I have for Iron Man and Captain America to not return because they both ended on such high notes with Avengers Endgame. Tony Stark was with his death and Captain America being happy. Anything that comes in after, it's kind of a slap in the face. Now, there are there is an exception to that because I did speak about this at one point. There is an exception to that. There can be an exception to if it's an alternate universe or an alternate timeline where you can bring these characters back, but they're not the same character as they were before. They're a different iteration of those characters. Okay, okay, I hear you, and I completely understand. But, but, I feel like that's way too easy of a cop-out and too easy of an excuse To bring an actor back for their role that we know them so freaking well from. You know what I mean? Like it just it just seems too easy and it's not earned. Like if we were to see that we pretty much know what the studio is doing. We know what the director is doing and we also know that it's probably just a cash grab and it doesn't have a strong emotional impact like we saw previously. So to put everything in a bow. If we accept this as face value and Hugh Jackman is coming back as Wolverine, I think it would be a huge blow and a huge detriment to his legacy. Now, this could be on the other side, which is what I thought from the beginning, them trolling, them taking a picture, them getting all the news feeds going and getting all the hype going that's not really there. And that's what I'm choosing to focus more on. I'm choosing to look the other way until we actually hear concrete evidence or a slight, slight rumor that something else is going to happen. So, my personal opinion, what do I think about this picture? Nothing. I don't think highly of it. I really don't. I think these are just two guys that decide to take a picture and decide to get the news feeds going because it creates attention and it creates buds, it creates hype, that most likely is not there. Sorry to be a Debbie Downer. Sorry to be a party pooper. I know maybe if you're listening to this. You're looking for high, high hopes. I don't see it. And you know me. You know I'm always honest. I don't see it. Until I hear something differently. And I'm probably going to bitch about it when the time comes. I don't buy it. And neither should you. That's all I got to say about that. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back on Thursday where we will talk Loki, the deep dive episode 5. Because since it is Tuesday morning right now, the episode will be dropping tomorrow, which means my episode will be dropping Thursday night. And then, as I said earlier... I hope you have a good time with Black Widow. If some people have already seen it and they have high praise for it, kudos. I believe there was a Blade 
person, someone that from Blade, I believe it was the guy from Deacon Frost, I forgot his name, but he said that he felt embarrassed that Scarlett Johansson was in this movie and that Black Widow was heart garbage. Everyone has their personal opinion. I'm not trying to overhype it because, like I said, the fire kind of burned out. We already know what happens at the ending and I just don't want the movie to be a stepping stone. That's the last thing that I want. And I'm hoping to God it's not a stepping stone. Regardless, I hope you have a great time watching it. And of course, Loki Episode 5. With all the other variants of Lokis out there, let's see what happens right after. Now, as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can hit me up, Voice of Garcia, on my Twitter Instagram and Facebook, Voice of Garcia, or you can tune into our Facebook group, OTC Fanatics. You can talk about anything you want, post anything you want. You know, if you want to be on the podcast yourself, if you have something to market, you have something to promote, if you have something to talk about, if you disagree with me, if you agree with me, if you want to rant and bitch, and if you want to have an debate, by all means, let's get the rounds going. Voice of Garcia, hit me up on any one of those platforms. And if you need any services for your voiceover stuff, if you want me to do an introduction for your podcast, an ending for your podcast, if you need anything from me, go on my website, voiceofgarcia.com. We can talk rates, we can talk whatever needs to be done, and I will be of service to you because that is what I do. I serve the people. I serve you. I serves the people. We, the people. You know where I took that from. (laughs) Let's go into our superhero quote of the day. And this one is from Dick Grayson slash Robin slash Nightwing. This is something for you guys to think about. Changing is always harder than staying the same. And my reaction to that is this. It is harder Like anything, change is a challenge. Change is different, and we're all comfortable in being where we are now. But sometimes it's good to embrace change to get things done. So whatever that means to you, it's how you want to take it to each his own. Thank you so much, guys. Tune in next time where we will cover all the epic news that comes on in the world of games, news, movies, shows, whatever the case may be. And always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it, controversial or otherwise. Stay safe. Till next time, I'm done, I'm through. Peace out.